Everybody say it with me. Father. So God is our Father. And if you haven't known, I just, um, I just had a newborn. Not me and my wife. But we created a child. Uh, you know, uh, she gave birth to our, our, our second son, uh, Duke Keone. And uh, thank you. Yeah. I, I did nothing. I was like, yeah. All right. Um, and and it, it's, it's been real fun uh, with these two lovely boys under the age of two. Um, it's been actually, it's been really hard. And, and I'm sure if you, if you have kids or, or, or your kids are like now growing up, you probably understand why it was difficult and why it was hard. You know, they're just, they're just constantly in need of your attention and your time, and David needs needs to be constantly disciplined because he's not listening, because he's two and he doesn't understand, and he just wants what he wants. Uh, we spent over an hour yesterday because <laughs> I literally thought that the cops were going to get called on me because I was just putting him in timeout, and he was yelling at the top of his lungs, and Megan said it like she could hear him out in the parking lot. I'm like, Lord Jesus. But I, I'm hoping people like walk by. as like, oh, they got a two-year-old. That's why. That's all I was imagining. You know, you know, ra- raising our kids, it's it is hard. And you know, growing up when I was a, a child, um, my image of a father, you know, he was somebody that was physically present, but he wasn't emotionally there. He wasn't mentally there. He wasn't spiritually there for me. And and I still love my father, but there there is a difference. I want to talk about quantity over quality and actually being a spiritual father to lead. And so growing up, I, I didn't want to get married. I didn't want to have kids because I was afraid I was going to be exactly like my father because of what I saw and what I witnessed. And I thought those traits are in me. And here's the thing, as individuals, we need to be very careful in how we view God the Father. Because we, we have a tendency to take the image of our fathers or the image that isn't there and put that image on God. And I want to explain to us today, if you walk away from anything these next couple minutes, is that the fatherhood of God should shape us to define what we should be like and what we should look like. The fatherhood of God should define us as, as Christians, define us as, as parents, define us as disciples. And it's not our fathers that define the fatherhood of God. And so for us to be able to understand the fatherhood of God, when we call God the father, we're declaring something in our lives. We're declaring uh, that he is our origin. You know, that we come from God the Father. He created us in his image. We are his sons. We are his daughters. It it says in Jeremiah 1.5, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. So we're declaring our origin in God the Father. We're also declaring that our love comes from him. We only know what love is and how to love because God first showed us love. 1 John 4, 7, love one another for love comes from God. We also, we declare that we are secure in him. Our whole identity, who we are, is found in God the Father. And we can take security in that. Isaiah 41 10, fear not, for I am with you. So if God is for us, who can be against us? What can stand against us? Because God the Father is with us. And then we declare that we are cared for. Everything that brings anxiety, everything that brings uh, stress, that we can just cast that on Him because God cares for us. 
So I want us to understand when we're declaring God as the Father and we're understanding the fatherhood of God, we're declaring some great and mighty truths. But see, a lot of times in our lives, we don't see God the Father like that because there's things that are muddying or blocking us from seeing God. Here, where's Ben? Ben, come up. It's almost like we wear uh, certain glasses. Put, put on these glasses. And so right now, you can see clearly through these glasses. You're, what? We do not look the same. You're, you're like the whiter version of me. So. I received that. Receive that well. All right. So right now, it's like you, you can see God clearly because there's nothing that has happened in our lives to distract us from seeing the fatherhood of God. But listen, life happens. You know, as long as we don't come from uh, a good family history, maybe a father was non-existent, or um, you have daddy issues, or you came from, from this, what we call it, this fatherless generation. And so what tends to happen is that you get these uh, insecurities, these insecurities that come up. Or may, maybe the sin, sin comes, past hurts, you know, you Go, go ahead, write those things on there. Because here's what happens. When we carry those past hurts, when we carry those insecurities, uh, listen, how many times have, you, have we been disappointed by our parents? How many times have you been offended by a parent? How many times has there been discouragement? And, and all these things, what happens, it, it stacks upon this image. And, and, and what happens, that's good enough. You, you, you just started scribbling. You didn't even write the words. What happens is now that image, th those things, now is what you're filtering and seeing who God is. And because that's the filter that you're seeing God is, that's also how you're filtering the rest of life. So when you try to worship God, you're worshiping God through the filter of your hurts and your offense and your disappointments. When you're trying to pray to God the Father, it's out of the filter here. So we can't even be able to receive all of who God is because we're filtering it through the things that we've been carrying. But see, here's the thing. God is greater than our past hurts. God is greater than our offense and our disappointments and, and, and everything that our parents might have done or the things that we have done. God is greater and so when we recognize how God great is, when we look at this, this prayer that Paul is praying for, for these individuals, he's praying for, for strength. He's praying to remain focused on him and who he is, the fatherhood of God, who we come from, who we are in him, and stop filtering it through our stuff and what we see. I love what it says in verse 20. He is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think because he is the Father. So, so I ask today this question. What is your view on the fatherhood of God? What filters need to be taken off so that you can see him clearly? And what mindsets even need to change? See, in order for us to have a clear vision of who God is and who we are in him, we need Christ to soften our hearts and we need Christ to dwell in our hearts. Give it up for Mike, the fly in Hawaiian. Let's give it up for him, come on. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, happy Father's Day. Yes, it's so excited. It's a great day. 
and I can confidently say that there would be no sons without fathers today. So, so thank you for doing your part. <laughs> today, I want us to talk about the father-son duo of eternity. Uh, so Jesus and God the Father. And I want to look at that through one verse. It's John 5, 19. I'm going to read it here for you. It says, so Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of his own accord but only what he sees the father doing. For whatever the father does, that the son does likewise. And I love this verse. It's so deep. I wish we had so much time just to go through it, maybe another day. But what I want to pull out of this for you, if I could summarize it into one statement, it is that the son does what he sees the father doing. Now, there's all types of fathers. We have, uh, we have biological fathers. We have adopted fathers, stepfathers, spiritual fathers. And when I look at it, it seems that there's much more than just flesh and blood. Would you agree with me? When you, when you take a step back, you peel back a couple layers, it seems that it is more about a commitment than anything else. Yes, it's flesh and blood. Yes, there are those things. But it's about a commitment. And it's about the father committing to the son. And then at the, when the son is of the right age, the son committing to the father and keeping the cycle going. So growing up, I grew up in a, what I thought was at least a little bit of a unique context. Um, as I've gotten older, I've kind of learned that it's not quite so unique. But as long as I can remember, I always had my dad, and then I had my stepdad. Both were amazing. Both helped shape me to be the man that I am today. Um, of course, they had their faults and their flaws, but it was funny because... You know, you go to one house, and there's one set of rules. You come into the other house, and there's a whole nother standard to live by. And it was dependent on who your father was. And what was so funny is uh, at one house, it was a contest at dinner. Who could burp the loudest? Like, just like, Whoa! you're like, good job, son. <laughs> so thanks, Dad. <laughs> And then the other house, it's just like, it was just like accident. Like, you just had a little too much Mountain Dew. And it's like, <laughs> and all of a sudden, it's like, go to your room. No GameCube for the rest of the week. I hate you. Um, and that was life, you know. But, but there, you, you saw that there was two sets of examples. There was, there was a different standard depending on who your father was. And undoubtedly, each one shaped me to be who I am. And to this day, I'm not exactly sure why, but my stepdad was like the biggest Miami Dolphins fan ever. Do we have any Miami Dolphins fans in here? Okay, one. <laughs> my point exactly. But, but I loved my stepdad so much, I was rocking that Dan Marino jersey all through the 90s. I mean, it was ketchup stained. It was, I had like been playing tag football and, and just like, you know, trying to be Dan Marino um, to please him. And then my dad grew up playing basketball. And so I was like, all right, I'll try that too. So I signed up, um, found out that my shot game was really bad, but my foul game was strong. You know, don't come in the paint because I'm going to lay you out. I almost got ejected at like the age of like 13. It was great. Um, so that's a little about me. But then this is the one that is the most uncomfortable to admit 
that me and my stepdad shared a favorite band together for about three years, and that was Nickelback. <laughs> Talk about leading someone astray. Come on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I know. Repent of the Nickelback demons. Jeez. But, but it comes back to that, the whole statement, for whatever the father does, the son does likewise, right? So for us fathers, you know, I'm not a father yet, and this isn't me being up here isn't an announcement that I'm going to be a father right now, just making that clear. But because y'all be asking every week. <laughs> but isn't that scary to think about? Yes. Oh, gosh. <laughs> but isn't that scary to think about? That the son does what he sees the father doing. Fathers, what, what are we, we showing our kids? I, I remember um, the mistakes probably more than the achievements and the great things that my parents did. For whatever reason, in the mind of a kid, those things just kind of hang on, you know, for w- whatever reason. We'll figure that out later. But I just remember as a kid, I was like, I am never going to be that. I am never going to talk to somebody that way. I'm never going to be stingy, whatever it is. And so one day, now that I'm married, um, me and my boo thing, my wife over here, we were, we were sitting in arguing about finances. Don't judge me. You've done it. And, and she looks at me and does the unspeakable. She said, okay, Ben Sr., girl, come on, you didn't. But it just brings me back to what, you know, for whatever reason, what we see our fathers doing is if we're not careful, if we're not keeping our eyes on the father, sons will continue the process. I think if we really take back, you know, that whole, there's talks of like generational curses, things like that. I think really what it is, is that it's sons continuing to follow the fathers and to ungodliness, right? Because might just be certain areas of our life where, you know, hey, dad, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not doing that. But then there's other areas where, like, man, I could really follow that example. And that gets tough. It gets muddied. But what this shows me is that there's hope, right? Because if this principle stands true, that a son does what he sees the father doing, that as fathers, we begin making the right choices. We get caught following God. We get caught respecting our spouses, we get caught being generous with our time, talent, and treasure, then there's good things to come, right? And I want to tell you today, maybe you, you are estranged from your dad. Maybe there's, there's hurts. Maybe there's offenses. Maybe there's things that have happened. But what I want to tell you and encourage you towards today is that there's no better time to reconnect than the present. Because if the son sees what the the fathers do, the sons do what the fathers are doing, then what does your son gonna do? If if you can't reconnect with your dad, then what is your son gonna do when you make that mistake too? Because let's be real, we're all human, right? I don't see anyone that's not human in here. So if that's true, what are we doing for our sons to make sure that they are carrying it forward? Because in if, if that connection is not there, I want to tell you that Jesus can do it. He can make the reconnection. You can't on your own, but Jesus can. 
and there's hope today because Jesus has not yet returned, so that means that there's still time. So before you leave today, before, you know, you eat that big, fat filet mignon, you better call up your dad. Say, hey, I know it's been a while. I love you. Let's talk. So there's no better time than the moment, and with that, I send it to the man, John Miller. Come on, let's give it up. Pastor Mike, Pastor Ben, those are some great words today. Fathers, oh man, this is amazing. And man, I tell you, talking about these children, I mean, I bless Pastor Mike and Megan with more kids. I mean, you know, it's how, how many more you want? No, well, whoa, whoa, that's not, that's not in the plan. Bless. We've and, and Pastor Ben and Claire, we definitely blessing them with kids. Amen. Amen. And Mike and I were talking while you were talking, Ben, about the whole thing on belching. You know, who would win in our house? Well, it would be your wife, Claire. She would win. Our daughter, Claire, would win the belching contest. Yeah, she got that one covered. Amen. Well, listen, what a great day. And uh, like these guys have said, happy Father's Day. God the Father, God the Son. God the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit always points to Jesus Christ, the Son of God. That is the work of the Holy Spirit. That is a powerful work that he does. How many of you, before you came in here, or right now, you have it in your hand, you've had caffeine before you came in this morning, you have it right now. There's a lot of you. Some of you need caffeine because you're a little too quiet. But how many of you know caffeine's a stimulant? All right, I'm working on two and a half cups of coffee right now, can you tell? And so um, the coffee and caffeine is a stimulant. In the first service, I saw somebody with a Red Bull in their hand. I'm not sure what happened last night or didn't happen last night, but that person was ready. And so, but this is really true that the Holy Spirit is a stimulant in our lives. That Jesus said, look, you can't do life without the Holy Spirit erupting from you because if you don't, you're just doing life in your own strength and your own power. You need something more. Jesus knew his disciples lacked one thing when he's talking to them, and he says, you lack power. You lack the power of my presence. And I want you to know today that the Holy Spirit is indispensable. His role is indispensable whether we win or whether we lose spiritually in this life. How about you? I want to win. Amen? That I want to win spiritually as a dad. That I don't do everything perfect, just like these guys have said. And, and we grow up in homes that way. But we know that we're not perfect. So I need the power of the Holy Spirit, just like you, to lead and to guide my families into truth. So Jesus said, you know, you need to know this. You need to know this, that you don't have to do this thing called life alone. Jesus assured his followers that even though that he would leave, that there would be another person that he would leave in his place. And that person would be the power and the work of the Holy Spirit that he said he was not going to just send them something, but he was going to send them a somebody. The Holy Spirit is a person. How many of you know that? The Holy Spirit is a person, God in three persons. And so he's intangible, he's invisible, he is the very breath, he is the very wind of God, and like the wind, he wields great power even though he is invisible. Look at the passage that Christian just, Christian just read out of Ephesians 3, 17 through 19. I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power through his spirit in your inner being. Can you say that word power? Power. 
Now, teenagers and young adults under 30 in this room, I just want to fill you in. Back in the day, there used to be a show called Good Times. And those of you under 30, you don't know anything about this because, you know, that, that, was, the, that was the day where TV was still good. Okay, I just want to tell you that. And the star of the show was JJ. And JJ would walk in the room and go, dynamite. Those of you that don't know what I'm talking about, how many of you? Come on. Let me see. Yeah. There you go, dynamite. He would walk in the room, and it was so funny because here, here is JJ. He'd walk in, say this, and it, it, you'd just crack up. He's like seven foot, eight pounds, you know, and he would say dynamite. And it's out of that that you get the word dunamis, the dunamis power, the dynamite power of the Holy Spirit that is available to every single person here. That when the Holy Spirit indwells the believer, he enables the believer to do and become that all, that all that God wants him to do and become. So the Holy Spirit is power. We know that. He's a person, but he is power. If you're a believer, this helper is closer to you than anybody else because he is within you. Also, the Holy Spirit has one overarching purpose, and that is he is about glorifying Jesus Christ, that the Spirit advertises Jesus. The Holy Spirit always advertises Jesus. I want you to put that in your spirit because that's what Scripture shows us every single time. So any time that there is an emphasis on the Spirit that supersedes the centrality and the priority of Jesus Christ, it is not the Holy Spirit doing it. Are you with me? Say amen. Anytime you have anything that is superseding who Jesus is, that is not the work of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit puts Jesus on display. And Jesus said, my spirit will guide you in all truth. He will guide you. We are in need of guidance. I'm in need of guidance every moment, every day, right? So are there decisions you need to make that you wish somebody would advise you on? Yeah. The Holy Spirit stands ready to guide us even in the small things of our life at this moment. Another benefit is the overwhelming sense of the peace that God gives us through the work of his presence. That uh, what situation are you in today? Whatever it is, if you have the Holy Spirit, you can have peace in the midst of it because you've got to know it's a peace that circumstances can't shatter. Amen? So the Holy Spirit offers us fellowship and comfort, and strength, and guidance, and power, but also the Spirit gives us an abiding presence that believers enjoy, and that is his ministry of illumination. He serves as the light of our lives today, doing what a nightlight does to a scared child in the night. When you light it up, that's the work of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit enables us to see things that we would not be able to see and hear clearly what God is thinking. And as a result of that, we see that the order replaces chaos and clarity transcends confusion. Darkness is no match for the light. So rather than being afraid and insecure, we can confidently walk with God in faith because he illuminates the path before us. The Spirit of God knows the deep things of God. How many of you know the Scripture says that? That the Holy Spirit of God knows the deep things of God. That he is like a deep-sea diver who can go down into the depths and find out what's going on down there. That's why the Bible says that even though we may not know what's going on, that the Spirit can help you, that he dives deep down. He gets way down in there, and he goes deep thought fishing to connect us to the mind of God. Every Christian has 
the, the same spiritual capacity. Did you know that? When it comes to walking with God. We all have different IQs. But in the spiritual realm, we have the same capacity to hear the voice of the Spirit. Don't think that only super Christians hear from God. You and I are able to hear from God every single day because you and I have the anointing power of the Holy Spirit within us. Amen? You don't have to be a super Christian. So the anointing of God is like a satellite dish that is capturing what is taking place. It is pointed upwards. It pulls in the signals from heaven and translates the, the signal into a message that you can see and you can understand. And all you have to do is turn your TV on. When the Holy Spirit has sensitized your human spirit, you know what is right from wrong. Your truth alarm goes off. You know in situations, is this the right thing or is this the wrong thing? That we need to know that the Holy Spirit illuminates that. It's the abiding presence of God. Years back, uh, our, it was, felt like the coldest day of the year. And uh, in our home, the heat was not working. And we're like, man, we keep turning up the thermostat, but the heat's not working. And we're like, man, what's going on here? And so I called the HVAC guy and said, hey, come on out here and take a look at this. And how many of you know that it seems like the coldest day of the year, usually the heat doesn't work, right? And the hottest day of the air conditioning doesn't work. Is that true? So we called him, and he came out, took a look, and he said, listen, I can tell you why this is not working. That when you keep turning up the thermostat to call for the heat, what's taking place inside of there, there there's a small piece that, that, that it's not communicating correctly to. And inside of that, it won't even light the gas. And it's a, it's a, it's a small piece called an igniter. And it, it, it doesn't even have the power. You're sitting there trying to do this. You're trying to turn this up. You're trying to crank it up, but it can't ignite the fuel that is inside of the furnace unit. We need to hear from God. We need to guide our families, and we need to have the power to keep them warm in the coldest and the most difficult circumstances, and that is why we need the Holy Spirit, our igniter, to do the work that we cannot do in our own strength. Amen? And we need the ignition power of the Spirit of God that he stands ready to, to help us today, no matter our circumstance. The Holy Spirit is, is within you. He is wherever you go, wherever you happen to be. That you are never at a point in a situation where you have less access to Jesus Christ than the next Christian. Why then are some Christians perpetually defeated? It's not because they have less of the Holy Spirit than victorious Christians. If Christians are defeated, it's because the Holy Spirit has less of them. And we need to pay attention to the right things. See, what we pay attention to shapes who we are. The voices you listen to begin to define the voice that you and I have. We, we live in a time where many things make us inattentive to becoming the people that we shouldn't be, just like we've heard today, to becoming the people that we shouldn't be rather than the people that we should become. So how does the, the Holy Spirit help us? Well, it says in verse 20 and 21, according to his power. What? Whose power? His, is it your power? No. Is it my power? No. It's according to whose power? His power that has worked within us to him be the glory. And you know this word glory simply means, God, I want my life to be a spotlight that says how great you are. And he provides you and me with the power 
to do that. Um, I have this as an illustration today. Um, how many pretzels do I have in my hand? One. You're, you're, the first service didn't get, they thought I was doing an illusion or something. They didn't want to answer me. You are very attentive. Thank you. I'm not here to do an illusion today. I'm just, you know, playing here. We're just saying. Yeah, I have one pretzel in my hand. One pretzel. Yeah. So as you see this, if you consider each hole, how many uh, parts? How many holes? Three. Yeah, three. Three. So they, they are all of the same substance, but each one is distinct. And the pretzel is a great illustration of this kind on the Trinity because it consists of one piece of dough with three individual holes. Take away any of the holes and the pretzel really isn't the pretzel of this kind anymore. That is the same way with the Trinity. For those in Christ today, you have one God in three distinct persons working on your behalf if you're a believer in Christ. Amen? So we have to be reminded today that fatherhood is a calling, motherhood is a calling, and you and I cannot pull off this thing called life without the Father, without the Son, and without the Holy Spirit working on our behalf. Today, I stand just like uh, Pastor Mike and Pastor Ryan, have, proud, of our, proud of our kids and the, and the child that's yet to come. Yeah. <laughs> Someday. It's going to come. That uh, I'm so proud of my three amazing kids. And I, and I mean that. I, I really am so thankful every day for my kids, and, uh, just like you. That uh, they love the Lord Jesus Christ with all their heart, soul, and mind that they're serving the Lord. They're serving the Lord. And um, you know that uh, Chris and I, we've never raised our kids to be pastor's kids. We've raised our kids to be uh, believers and children of God. That's what we've raised them to be. And that as they continue to follow the Lord, as they have a firm foundation in Jesus Christ, that, that they have a brilliant future in front of them. But I'm reminded of uh, days gone by because our youngest has just graduated from high school. So we're feeling a little old. So those of you that are in that place of life or there getting ready to go there, it's a, it's a, it's a new chapter. I'm so reminded in uh, the days gone past when they were small and they were young and that, um, you know, they'd walk around the house and just like your kids, they do, they, they, they raise their arms. want you and in that you see wow I remember those moments looking down just like you that you see their arms out raised and you you reach down and you pick them up and you pull them in and you draw them near to you and that's a great feeling that I am reminded that that is the work of the Holy Spirit to today as you come with whatever may be going on in your life, that the Holy Spirit, if you'll just, and we make this thing too hard sometimes, we really do, we make it complicated, but really, seriously, no, no matter what we're going through, that we can lift our arms up and the Holy Spirit will come and pull us and draw us close to the Father heart of God. And he will comfort us and, 
He will protect us and he will guard us and he will tell you truth today because he is the truth that he wants to guide you in truth that he wants to be your comforter today because that's who he is and that he's, he wants to just wrap you up today no matter what you've done you may be here today and say man I don't know I'm so discouraged I mean I'm, I'm so worried about my kids and one's wayward or the kids in my home I'm you know, and all of these things, but that you would just lift up your arms and allow the Father to pick you up and to, through the work of the Spirit, and draw you into a relationship today that you and I need, because we cannot pull this thing off without the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. We can't do it. We, we need Him. And so I pray as you come, that you just let him wrap you up and comfort you today, no matter where you're at and all the difficulties or in the joy of whatever's taking place, that you would let him draw you near.